today finishing a video class that I had just started before uh, coming here to Spring Creek. Um, I thought it would be good to take a class on preaching, seeing as I was going to be doing that a little bit uh, once I started here. So uh, after that first class, uh, I was nervous for how that first week was, would go, and somehow we put, a get, put together a service and everything, and we going here at Spring Creek. So this morning we're going to be looking back over this past year a little bit of where God has brought us and looking a little bit into the future where God is taking us. Uh, would you pray with me as we come this morning? God, I thank you uh, for the family gathered here this morning, and I thank you for what you have been doing in our life together and what you will continue to do in our life together. Would you speak to each of us this morning? In Jesus' name, amen. 1 A.D. I was trying to think of how we could title this sermon uh, for being the first year here for me. And 1, I was trying to think how do we fit this in. And so we came up with 1 A.D., 1 after Dennis. <laughs> I know Dennis has been gone a little bit longer than a year. Um, but it seemed uh, like that fit. It was catchy. I asked Dennis, I said, can we call it that? I don't want to be using your name in vain in any way. Uh, and he said, go ahead, call it that. About a year ago, uh, we were having communion. It was the first time of doing communion, pew communion, here at Spring Creek. Not the first time I had done pew communion, just the first time here. And I don't know if you realize this or not, but every church kind of has its own unique way of doing things. And so I was so nervous for how that first communion would go, and I thought I knew exactly how it was going to happen. And then we started, and no one got up to move at first. And I thought, oh no, what are we doing? But we got through it. We had communion, and uh, I was a little confused, but we got through it. And so shortly after that, we had our first love feasts together. And because I was a little unsure about how each congregation does it, I asked Jim Martin, I, we went in uh, earlier in the week, and I said, all right, now walk me through how Spring Creek does love feast. And he gave me an explanation. And I thought I was good. And I showed up that night, and the chairs were turned away from the tables, which is great, wonderful, just not the way I had ever done it before. And so I walked in and into the space and I was very confused and I didn't know what exactly was going to happen. And they said, well, this is how we wash feet and that makes sense. And now that I know that, we move forward. And then I came upstairs and I knew Judy was going to be playing a prelude. I just didn't know how long. Uh, if you haven't been to that service before, it's usually about a 15-minute prelude. And so after every song she played, I was sitting back here, and I'd start to stand up because I thought it was just one song. And, and Dick then mouthed the words to me, thank you so much, Dick, because I was just going to keep getting up or just sit down. And, uh, and Dick said, she's going to play till 6. I thought, that's great, great, uh, great information to know. Uh, so it's been a learning experience for me being here at Spring Creek, finding out how we do different things. Uh, some of the highlights for me looking back over this last year were getting involved in sports camp and Bible school and 
all the different avenues that we have to connect with children of this community. Not just children, but you know who brings those children? is parents. And having opportunities to meet people who are not typically here on a Sunday morning, but who engage, who bring their children to hear about Jesus. Or sometimes, you know what, it's not that pure of a motive. They just want an afternoon free. Or they want to do some Christmas shopping, and so they bring their kids here. And you know what? We have an opportunity to meet with those kids, to build relationships, and to hear what's happening in the lives of those parents. And so those have been some highlights for me. Uh, I enjoyed getting to do the Garden Sermon Series. Some of you really connected through that. You shared your own experience growing things, and and you gave a lot of feedback through that. That was a, a neat experience for me. Uh, We had our Growing Young Lessons last summer in which we had a church-wide conversation about what it looks like for us to be ministering to youth and to young adults living in in a very different culture than what many of you grew up in. Hershey looks very different than what it looked like when you were growing up, when many of you were growing up. Uh, It was a privilege to participate in a baby dedication um, and we did that baby dedication before we did any funerals this year and to me it was a symbol that that God has new life here at Spring Creek that there is something new and fresh happening and and that was just a wonderful experience it was an honor for me to officiate at a wedding here at Spring Creek this year Jack and Jill I made it through the entire service despite the fact that you picked the scripture from Ecclesiastes about one falls down, somebody else is there to help them up. Jack and Jill falling down and I made it through the entire message without any references there on that day. I can't make it through another service without that reference. It was a privilege to do that. It was also a privilege to be involved in the funerals. Maybe you think, why is that a privilege? Why is that a highlight of your year? Well, first of all, Paul Pollock's service was the first funeral service that I really got to help with. I had done some graveside services, but I had never really helped out in a funeral service. We had lots of practice this year. And maybe you think, why is that a highlight? for you. But to come into that space, to enter that sacred space with a family and to speak words of compassion and hope in the middle of the turmoil and the loss that a family is is dealing with in those moments is just a privilege. To come and to, to share good news with those that are grieving was just an honor for me this year. And so that, for me, was was a highlight. Another highlight was the membership classes that we did this year. We brought the young people who were interested in in baptism and membership in the church with those adults who were maybe coming from different places, different congregations, different churches, and wanted to know more about what makes Spring Creek and the Church of the Brethren unique. 
And we came and, and we had a lot of great conversation as young people wrestled with faith and uh, more experienced people just kind of wrestled with what is unique about this place and this body of believers. And so it was just a, a really neat opportunity to be growing and learning together. And I loved especially that before the baptisms, those young people shared their desire to walk with Jesus. And, and I, I just gave them... Uh, an opportunity, I said, I would like for you to share why you want to follow Jesus. Why do you want to be baptized? And they put a lot of time and thought and effort into thinking up their answers. And that was just so encouraging to me to see how seriously they took that step in their faith journey. Of course, with that baptism, we experienced some change uh, somebody had given me some advice that when you start at a church, you don't change anything but your underwear in the first year. I assure you I did that. And maybe we changed some other things too. Uh, with the baptisms, we baptized at the opposite end of the service. We didn't start with the baptisms, we ended with the baptisms. More than that though, um, which was a change for many of you, um, threw some people off, but... I, there's something I didn't use in the baptism service. What didn't I use? The waiters. I can't tell you how many people said, you didn't use the waiters. You didn't use the waiters. Well, we baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They got wet, and so I think we're good, uh, even though we didn't use the waiters. Um, some silly things, but it was fun. It was fun to experience. Traditions can be great things to pull a community together as long as they don't become an idol. Some of the celebrations that I enjoyed this year were the, the church Christmas celebration. It was like a great big family meal celebrating Jesus coming, and so that was a, a great opportunity and great memory for me this year. We had love feast and communion, which to me is uh, just kind of the center of our faith coming and, and being reminded that we are servants of Jesus, but we are also servants to one another, and so we stoop and we wash one another's feet. When I was growing up, I thought that was something that everyone did. Everyone that went to church washed feet. And I found out later that that was peculiar, different. It continues to be just an important moment in my spiritual journey, every twice a year to stoop and to, to wash the feet or sometimes wash the hands of a brother, of a sister, to be reminded that Jesus came to serve and to seek those who were lost and to serve the least. Sometimes, though, we need to pick up a tradition we need to examine it to see if it's still serving its purpose, still bringing life and meaning to the community. We do this with our traditions from time to time, I hope. I enjoyed this year hearing great stories of the past. I, I got to hear a lot of stories about growing up at the Milton Hershey School and what that experience was like for many of you. It was amazing to hear how that um, organization, that community has made such an impact here at Spring Creek. Many of you came here because of the opportunities, either 
to be a student there, to live there, or else to serve there, to be a, a house parent, and you came to work on the farm or to be uh, living with those boys that were at the school. And so it was awesome to hear about those experiences. It was great to hear the stories of Milton Hershey donating funds to the church that helped build this building that we're in, this room that we're in, correct? Right, okay. Milton Hershey gave uh, funds to the churches in Hershey so that they could uh, rejuvenate their their space and and their worship space and their impact in the community. It was great to hear those stories. It was awesome to hear about the congregation's vision for partnering with Love, Inc. to use the parsonage that people come from all over the country to receive uh, treatment at Hershey Medical, and many of them or their families spend nights, weeks at the parsonage here. And maybe you don't all get to hear how much of an impact that is on the lives of those who come. From time to time, I get to bump into people that are spending the night there. Uh, Occasionally, there's been a number of those people who have come over and worshiped with us on Sunday morning here. What an impact, what a ministry that is to people who are sometimes going through a lot of hard times as they're facing different cancer diagnoses or treatments, and they have a space to come back, to rest, to relax, to be together with family. It was awesome to hear how that was a vision of the church, of the congregation. I'm looking forward to hearing more stories of what God has done in and through this congregation in the past. This is what our series on Chronicles has really been about. Looking into the past, looking to see where God has been faithful, where the people of God have been faithful. And if we're honest, sometimes places where we need to work, places where we need to grow and to learn and to be more faithful. And we look into the past in order to get a vision for the future, to see where God is taking his people in the future. And so let me talk a little bit this morning about where we are going. I was excited when I came to Spring Creek to hear that The board wanted to be in discussion and the leadership of the church and actually the whole congregation wanted to be in discussion about how God might be calling us forward in ministry to and with one another. And so here at the beginning of 2019, we have started a process of planning and thinking about the future. We will be working with Stan Duick, who is the Director of Transformational Practices for the Church of the Brethren. Brother Stan has come and kind of helped lay some groundwork for us uh, to begin to have some conversations about where God is taking us. And the process that we're going to be going through is called DRIVE. Sometimes in the Brethren we love our acronyms. Uh, So here's DRIVE. D is for DISCOVER. To discover what is happening at Spring Creek already. Uh, Brother Stan is going to be meeting with individuals and groups over the next five months, five to six months, and hearing about what our aspirations are, what our strengths are, what our assets are as we meet as the Spring Creek Church, and what our opportunities for ministry in this community are. And then the R is to realign. 
to clarify the vision for ministry and mission here at Spring Creek. The I is to innovate, to experiment, to dream of short-term, medium-term, and long-term goals and and vision and, and ministry. And so we'll be doing some of that innovating over the next couple years. The E is then, uh, sorry, V, I can follow my notes here. V is validate, to assess how our innovation is going, how the vision of this congregation can be sustained to move forward. And I think that's really important that ministry here be something that is sustained. It's not just something that we try once, but something that we can continue to do here in this community. And then the E is evolve, to implement strategies for sustainable ministry. In order for us to move forward together, we need to hear one another's voice. In the Church of the Brethren, we call that gemeinde, community, coming together and discerning where God is leading us together. And so, like I said, over the next five to six months, Brother Stan, you'll see him here on some Sunday mornings, some Wednesday nights. Uh, He's going to stop it. Uh, We're going to try and set some stuff up for him to stop at Londonderry Village and to meet with our congregation, to hear your voice, to hear your thoughts, to hear your concerns about how we can move forward together as a congregation. But it strikes me that as we talk about how we move forward together as a congregation, you need to hear that unity in a church does not always mean uniformity. It doesn't mean that we're never going to have hard discussions. It doesn't mean that we might not have some conflict along the way. But we need to come together. There's this idea that we need to be submitting to one another. Mutual submission. It means we come and we say, I submit to you. I seek your good. I seek the best for our life together. And we submit to one another. You know, sometimes when you're going on a drive, I don't know if this happens to you, uh, but sometimes in our family when we're driving all together and maybe we get a little lost, uh, or, uh, sorry, I would never use the word lost. Um, we get a little disoriented, we're not quite sure. Um, I don't know if that ever happens to you, but between the GPS saying recalculating and, and you know, just calling me a dummy for not making the turns, um, and what's happening in the car, maybe you experience some stress, some tension, Maybe some conflict when you're going on a drive and you get a little disoriented or the road gets a little bumpy. We experience some tension. The same thing might happen when we experience change. But I wonder what might God be doing? Where might he be taking us on a drive in the future? And how will we deal with those times where we get disoriented, where the road gets a little bumpy? How will we handle that as a congregation? Our scripture this morning was from Romans 15 and from 1 Corinthians 1. 
in both of these cases, Paul is addressing a church, groups of believers, in which there is some significant, monumental change in their life. In Rome, in Corinth, Paul is addressing conflict that is threatening the unity of the church. Christianity had come to Rome primarily through Jewish followers of Jesus. And they came to Rome uh, through the diaspora, the spreading of the Jewish people, and they would be preaching and teaching about Jesus. And Gentiles, those who weren't Jewish, were coming to know this new life. They were hearing the good news of Jesus, and they wanted in. And so they came, and they're following Jesus. But under Emperor Claudius, the Jews are kicked out of the city. He expels all the Jewish people. And that meant Jewish Christians too. And while they're kicked out of the city, banished from the city, the Gentiles continue on. And they continue to preach and teach about Jesus. Eventually, the Jewish people are invited back to the city of Rome. And they return, those Jewish believers, they return to a church that looks very different than how they left it. It's now under Gentile leadership and they've been bringing people in and, and they haven't had this commitment to the, to the Torah. They haven't had this commitment to these purity laws and to circumcision and, and all that stuff. And there's this conflict then between those who believe they have to continue to follow these purity laws and circumcision and, and the finer details of Torah and those who are coming from a, a, a pagan background and they're bringing their own baggage there and they've got these two groups of people. And Paul talks about how can we love each other, submit to one another. How can we give up our rights for those that he calls the, the weaker brothers and sisters? In Corinth, it was a, a similar story. It was a very metropolitan city, and there were factions arguing about who they were following. Are they following Paul? Or are they following Apollos? And one group says, well, we don't follow either of those. We follow Christ. And they're arguing about who they're following. And Paul is addressing groups of people whose broken unity threatens the life of the church in those cities. And so in Romans 15, 5 and 6, Paul says, May the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another, in accordance with Christ Jesus, so that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. With one voice. In 1 Corinthians 1.10, Paul says, Now I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you may be in agreement that there be no divisions among you, but you be united in the same mind and the same purpose. Paul needed to remind the Christians in Rome and Corinth of what Jesus himself prayed for in John chapter 17. And I love this because we often read the words of Jesus and it's often directed directly at those um, disciples. And he prays for his disciples. But here Jesus prays for us, for those in the church that will come after, that will believe in him through the message of the disciples. And Jesus says, 
I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. As you, Father, are in me, and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. To the glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that they may be one as we are one, I in them, you in me, that they may become completely one, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. The unity that we show the world draws others to Jesus. I think it does it because you look around the world and you see conflict, people fighting, arguing about all kinds of different things. And to find a group of people who is willing to come around Jesus, around the kingdom of God, and live together, wrestle with hard things together, but to do it together is something new and different that our world doesn't expect. In 1988, Pastor Jack wrote our church's history from 1848 until 1988. And so there's a few years missing now. There's an update that needs to happen. Jack said it's somebody else's job. (laughs) So we'll see what Dennis is doing. but there's more chapters to be written. There's more to come. Donald Miller in a book called A Million Miles in a Thousand Years says, we live in a world where bad stories are told. Stories that teach us life doesn't mean anything and that humanity has no great purpose. It's a good calling then to speak a better story how brightly a better story shines, how easily the world looks to it in wonder, how grateful we are to hear these stories and how happy it makes us to repeat them. I wonder what God has in store for us here at Spring Creek. And I wonder what chapters in our life together, in our story together, are waiting to be written and that gets me excited about what God is doing in and through the family of faith gathered here at Spring Creek. And so as we go on this drive together, as we tell this story together, I know there's going to be bumpy roads. And I know there's going to be times where we all get a little disoriented. And maybe we need our GPS to say, recalculating. I hope that we are seeking the mind of Christ together. Not our own plans, not our own agendas, but seeking Christ together. Willing to submit to one another so that we can see the kingdom of God in a fuller vision here in this place. I'm excited about the possibilities. And I believe that if we allow God to drive, He wants us to go somewhere. He wants to take us somewhere. Will we allow God to drive? That's my question for us. And of course, this morning we have an opportunity to come together 
to be reminded that we are one body in Christ as we take our communion this morning. It's a display that we come together to remember the story of Jesus, to remember that He came, He lived, He taught us how to live in relationship with God, and then He died for our sins. He paid the price that we could not pay. But it doesn't end there. Jesus rose from the grave, conquering death and sin. And he ascended to the Father, and he promised to come again, that we might all have perfect relationship with God. And so anyone who is in relationship with Jesus as Lord and King And with his church is welcome to come and take communion this morning. This bread and this cup are symbols that remind us of Christ's death for our sins. But these are more than just symbols. Communion is a sacred time that we come together as we experience the presence of Christ as it seems especially close when his body, the church, comes together. Remembering the saving story of Jesus' life, death, resurrection, ascension, and his return. Luke tells us that Jesus took a loaf of bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Holy God, We pray your blessing on this sacred symbol of Christ's broken body. May we receive and partake of this bread in faith, recalling the life and death of Jesus Christ. Increase our gratitude and our obedience. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. And so we will eat the bread. Let us affirm our faith in words first spoken by Christians many centuries ago. They are printed in your bulletin. 